Welcome to Lowenlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm your host, Joe. And we are here today to talk about episode 308, The First Wife. But before we jump into that, we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has reached out to um, send us an email or Facebook message with um, sort of positive feedback. It's been so lovely for us to receive, so thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, we, we've received more emails than we thought we would, and mm-hmm. uh, even more surprisingly, like Megan said, they've all they're been positive. positive. So, <laughs> so yeah, no one has, has called me out for being a fool yet, which I really thought would happen around episode two. So, uh, so you know, but hey, you know what? If you want to, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. We're ready for it. Yeah, and if you, want, if you want to call me a fool, reach out at loinlander at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at loinlander. Great. Okay. So this episode, 308, um, we're getting close to the end of the season, which makes me so sad. It also makes me so That's enough. Sad. Okay. So it's directed by Jennifer Getzinger, so new female director. We haven't seen her before. And it's written by Joy Blake, a new writer. Yeah, a lot of female directors this mm-hmm. year. And I, I mean, I don't know if there have been a lot of female directors no, in there previous haven't years. Been. But um, they only had, I know that for season one, they made sure to have a female director for the wedding episode because it was a very intimate um, episode. And other than that, they've had a lot of male directors, great yeah. male directors. But yeah, no, it's uh, there's a big movement in Hollywood right now to get more female directors just out there. And I think it's fantastic that certainly. that Outlanders, you know, taking the lead and, and getting some some female directors in there. So kudos to you, Outlander. Good job, Outlander. So, the title shot, we have two girls, one being an extremely cute little red-haired girl, getting figs ready during a celebration, and it looks like some sort of Christmas celebration. That's Mm. our title shot when we see the first wife. Right. Um, Which is a great title because, as Matthew B. Roberts said, Mm -hmm. if you're calling someone the first wife, that means there's a second wife, which we all knew already. Okay, so the first scene... We, We did. We did, no. Thanks, Matt. The first scene is Claire, young Ian, and Jamie riding up to Lallybrock. Yeah, so uh, so this was the big homecoming. Uh, Wasn't Claire... it great to see Lallybrock? I yeah, love this. No, I love it, this set. It's fascinating. Just to Megan and I actually visited Lallybrock a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the the real the real deal, and uh, so it's it's always interesting to to see it played out on Outlander. Uh, also, it's. It's interesting to see how much they change it. And yeah, the, they don't the, have to change that much. Not that they much. They add a lot. There's definitely some set dressing and probably a little bit of CG in there to, because to, I don't know if, if for those who haven't been there, there's actually like a great big barn on the other side of it and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but uh, it, it looks cool and it's really pretty close to what you see on the show, the the structure itself. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it's always fun for but us. But you to can't see. go inside it, which is yeah. funny because whenever they show it and the front door is open, all you see on the inside are like a few candles lit, and you yeah. know that it's just it's like barren, totally, dangerous yeah. territory. It's just like barricaded in there. shots, yeah. And yeah. But uh, but but so fun to see, and, and always nice to see Lollybrock. Uh, Ian's coming home, little young Ian. <laughs> young sorry, Ian. young Ian is coming yep. home, and uh, and we get Jenny's reaction to Claire. Right, it's the first. It's the first shot. It's just Jenny standing there, yeah. hands on hips, outside the very front steps. So old Ian has obviously warned her that Claire is alive. Right. And Jenny's pissed. Yeah, and she actually says, like, there's no hugging, there's no embracing, there's no crying with tears and smiles. And she says, I never thought you'd grace my front steps again. It's I like, thought Jenny was going to slap her. I thought Jenny was going to give her give her the, the knuckles. But she didn't. Uh, just she gave her a verbal smack. 
Yeah, which is funny because people, Outlander fans, um, call her Jenny from the Brock, which is kind of a cute play. I'm shaking my head right now. Because you can't see me. Because she's super tough and cool, like Jenny from the Block. She's super tough. When I think super tough and cool, I think Jennifer Lopez for sure. But uh, yeah, Jennifer no. Lopez is super cool. We're she is super cool. Jennifer, from Jennifer our, Lopez is wicked talented. So as I, is Jenny Murray. Is that her last name? Yeah. Jenny. The Jenny? Yeah, Jenny like, from the Bronx. You brought this upon yourself. That that's Jenny? that's yeah. our Jenny that Love we're Jenny. talking about. Okay, yeah. anyway, we're, we're straying. So they go into the living room, I guess, the hearth room with the fireplace, yeah. and it's Ian, Jenny, Claire, Jamie, and young Ian. And Ian. And Jenny are super pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, they're pissed off at young Ian, mm-hmm. but they're really mad at Jamie, and also super pissed at Claire. Yeah. Like, it's just a tense They don't know scene. who to be pissed at first. And they learn that the print shop has burnt to the ground, and Jenny says, which is one of the bitchiest lines of the episode, so that's why you're back back home again, tail dragging, and then she looks at Claire and says, and with Stray. Like, yeah, I know. Jenny was just dropping bombs all episode. Love Jenny. She just speaks the truth. She's kind of like filling the Murtaugh void I know, for me. I know. I know. You let you, yeah. you miss Murtaugh. We'll talk a little bit about him later. Yeah. Um, so they, they make young Ian leave, and they the two of them give Jamie shit for um, not taking good care of him and treat, uh, teaching him how to be a criminal, because Jenny's like, you could have taught him how to well, print. Yeah, the, before they make young Ian leave, they're... And they're like, oh, I was okay. And young Ian's like, yeah, Claire killed a man. Right? And, He's like, and, and I was doing great right. at and selling then, liquor. And, and, and then there was the fire. And, and yeah. yeah, and you can just see Jenny just getting. Yeah. That's when then they're, they're like, Ian out. Yeah. And then, yeah, so they she pretty much lambastes them for killing a man in front of Ian, almost lighting him on fire, and having him sell contraband alcohol, which is all pretty legit. It is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once young Ian has left, Jamie says to older Ian you know I, I've loved him and taken care of him like he's my my own son mm-hmm. and then Ian pulls old Ian pulls out the belt and says you can punish him like he's your son is your favorite line of the episode no it's I, not my favorite line is of it the not episode. no there's a, there's a different one. Oh, yeah. okay well I look forward to hearing what it might be it's a good line I like that line um so then we have uh young Ian and I I, I understand it's a punishment and he wasn't happy about it because he was complaining and this actor is so adorable mm-hmm. but it just looked to me like he was putting muck into well it was hay. it was manure so he was handling crap with his hands and he also was and um, he said it's a boy's job so I'm not right so young Ian feels that he's a man now right he's deflowered himself he's got his chin whiskers Which going he's on proud of. He's very proud of uh, so so Jamie thought that a better punishment would be to basically take his manhood, his newfound manhood out from under him and give him a job for a little boy. Right. And, uh, but what the, was that job? Putting manure uh, I, 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 I was unclear. I'm not really sure. what It's fuel. Like, I think they use it to... I think they burn it. I'm not really sure. Okay. I, I didn't live in the old time yeah, days. Yeah, me but. neither. So then we have um, Claire walking around the inside of Lollybrook, and there are children everywhere. Yeah, it's a full house. Yeah, and well, and that's actually exactly what Claire says when Jenny comes around the corner. She says, well, you certainly have a full house and Jenny again just being so cold and anytime Claire brings something up like oh I can't believe she's old enough to have her own kids Jenny says well that's what happens when 20 years go by like she Mm -hmm. just will not give Claire a break and Claire doesn't take shit from most people but she really takes a lot from Jenny like over and over and over and Jenny's holding a baby and Jenny's like oh well you know Mm -hmm. he's wet himself I'm gonna go change and Claire says well can I help in any way and do you remember what Jenny said 
Uh, we don't want the baby to, we want to like scare the baby with a strange face. Yeah, she walks away. Well, and the, uh, older who, son, older son um, comes down yeah. yeah, and doesn't remember Claire and, and, uh, Jenny, Jenny introduced her as just some lady that lived at Lollybrock. Oh, <laughs> that was, oh that my was cold. Goodness. Cold Jenny. So the next scene is we have Jamie and Jenny having a heart-to-heart outside of Lollybrock because Jamie comes and he says, you know, that punishment that I suggested worked, I think, really well. And mm-hmm. um, they talk about young Ian and about, you know, you need to give him some freedom while he still thinks it's yours to give. That was a good line too. Yeah. And then she basically says, look at you being all high and mighty. You know it's illegal to marry someone when you already have a wife, right? So, um, and he says... You know, I thought she was dead, and he tells her this, I guess, like, I was going to say a convoluted story, but it's a pretty simple story. Like, she stayed in an inn, Mm -hmm. I went to the Battle of Culloden, she assumed I was dead, so she got on a boat, and I told her to, so she just went to the colonies. Yeah, they've obviously concocted this story. They knew they weren't going to just be able to skate by it with Jenny, so they've they've obviously come up with this, you know, this very weak, weak, weak I mean, they're doing what they say you're supposed to do in a lie, which is stick to as much of the truth as you right. can, right? So yeah. Claire was in Boston, and Jamie did send her away, mm-hmm. and she did think he was dead. Right. But without so, the time travel, it's just... It, and you can tell Jenny's not really buying it. Well, and, and then, then Jenny and, calls bullshit on his story, and my favorite line of the episode is when she says... I sat in these very steps watching this very road with Claire when you were taken by the Redcoats. When you didn't come home, we rode together to find you. Claire Kent would never have stopped looking for you. And it's a great line because she, she, he's telling her something, but she knows that something is awry. And uh, she's tough as nails, and I love it. She just totally calls him out. She's like, hmm, that's very inconsistent with yeah. everything that I know, and I know everything. So it's a right. great ending to the scene. And then at the end of that scene, I say, why don't they just tell Jenny the truth? <laughs> Cut to the next scene where Claire says to Jamie, they're in their bedroom. Right. And she says, <laughs> why don't we just tell Jenny the truth? Yeah. I was like, wow, it's very rare that I agree with Claire. But we were on the same page yeah. on this one. and, and uh, He dismisses it. Yeah, Jamie, she brings up Murta. She says, Murta, we right. told Murta and he believed us. I, and, and I don't, I mean, this is just, you know, again, just bad character development. Uh, Jamie says that all oh, Jenny Jenny's basically saying that Jenny's not worldly enough to understand. Well, yeah, he says Murta was a man of the right. world. He'd traveled everywhere. He'd met so many people. He knew strange circumstances. He was wise. He's older. Mm-hmm. Jenny has lived on this farm her entire life, which right. I think there is something to be said about that. Because people who are educated and have experience are more open-minded. To time travel. Well, I mean, just to different circumstances. I, I would say that, but and I think they write Jenny as being very intelligent and savvy yeah. and worldly mm-hmm. and even though the 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 person that Jenny is would probably be that the person that they write Jenny as I feel so smart. would actually be more open to it than the character that they write Murta as who's kind of like a very um, uh, you know not suspicious what's the word I'm looking for um, set in his ways yeah like thing? he's yeah so basically yeah like he's very set in his ways and you know like he would seem less open-minded than i feel jenny would but uh i'm, I'm wrong except that when they told marta he accepted it i mean he thinks he thought claire was a witch but he was like great why didn't you just tell me she was a witch okay great now that we know that let's move on yeah. like he did accept it so i guess yeah Murta's like built-in superstition helped him exactly accept it. but either way i think i think that the, the character that they've written of jenny would would buy it right well, and part of that, though, I believe, is Lord... Ian. Ian would not. Ian, for sure, Ian would, would not. not. 
But part of the way that Jenny is portrayed, I think, is Laura Donnelly. Because, in my opinion, she brings something to the character of Jenny that in the book, like, Jenny's certainly, like, a sporadic and consistent character, but she's not, she doesn't have the kind of presence. Like, you don't, I long for scenes with Jenny. Like, I can't wait till they get back to Lally Brock. She when, owns her scenes. Every scene she's in, she she carries as much screen presence as anyone else on the screen. Yeah. She's a really good actor. And I can't imagine Lally Brock without her wandering around it. She is so, Lally Brock. Yeah, she is. So, they then, after deciding that they for sure will not tell Jenny the truth, um, have a heart-to-heart, and Jamie tells her about the treasure. We get a flashback, <laughs> which I thought you would appreciate because you right. were really confused yeah. about what happened it when was, he swam to the island during yeah, our terrible disjointed storytelling, but that's fine. So, um, and she says, well, you had the treasure. Why did you go back to the prison? And he said he had people at the prison who relied on him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't bring up Murta, which... Right. You'd think he would say, well, and as we've already... Like, yeah. they could have just thrown a line in. Like, well, and as you know, Murta was wife. there and he, at the time, was quite sick. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I should be with him. But I also used some of your medicinal skills to help save him. Yeah, yeah. and I guess that's something that's a bit inconsistent. Like, great, you changed you changed the storyline. Murta survives. Amazing. But we need a little bit of follow-up. For example, and maybe I'm just missing something, but does Claire know Murta is alive? I mean, they've never if, had the conversation. If they do, they've never brought it up. I feel like, I mean, obviously, we're going to see him again. They wouldn't have kept him alive if we weren't. Totally. Uh, it will most likely be this, I would imagine, this season. I don't know how this season's going to play out, but, uh, you know, I would imagine they're going to see him again. So it will be interesting if she acts surprised to see him or if. Do we just assume that, of course, Jamie would tell her something like that? It would be nice as a viewer to see that. We would assume that, of course, Jamie would tell tell that. But again, this is just more, you know, I'm sure they'll 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 cram in some scene somewhere before right before they meet Murtaugh. Where she'll say, "Well, you mentioned that he survived." Yeah. yeah, Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Then Jamie tells a really sweet story. You didn't care for it, but about these birds that mate for life. No, I couldn't. It was really it. very romantic. Right. It was like and a then giant ball he says, of corn. I need to talk to you about something. Yeah. Here's Door a- bursts open. Two little girls run in and say, Daddy. Daddy. Well, one of them is older. She looks like 13, right. 14. Marsali. Um, maybe she's 16. I'm not sure. But, and they say, Daddy. And Claire just, she, it's over. She's so stunned. Like, she right. just is so stunned. And then Larry walks in. Larry walks in. And she's wearing what can only be described, I'm so sorry, what can only be described as the worst wig to date. It's a bad wig. It is a horrible, horrible wig. It is worse than Brianna's red hair wig. And I don't know why they did it because... She kind of looks like a British like barrister or something like that. And Nell Hudson has beautiful blonde hair. Like just put it up in a ponytail. We don't need that weird wig taped on the forehead. They're trying to age her up. Did you notice her wig? It just, I mean, she just had bad hair. I assumed it was a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she walks in and and you actually said, oh, that girl, because you've been waiting for the big reveal. Right. So we you knew it was somebody. Her. They, they would, the reason, they didn't name her by, they haven't named the wife by name. So, so you we knew. knew it had to be someone that we'd already met along the way. I, get, I don't know why I didn't, I mean, it's so painfully obvious who it was after they revealed to it. Obviously, it wasn't painfully obvious because I didn't get it, but it should have yeah. been. Uh, so yeah, it's it's that the strumpet that was going for Jamie the whole time and almost got Claire burnt at the stake. 
Well, exactly. And you say the strumpet that was going for Jamie the whole time, but I believe it's the girl who Jamie would have ended up marrying had Claire not fallen through the stones. Possibly the real first wife. She calls Claire a bitch, a witch, and a C-word all within 10 seconds of being on screen. And also, in case there's any confusion, says, he's my husband now. TBD on your marriage to him because... My marriage is current. And Claire is just kind of slumped back. I don't know if you remember, but oh. she was just like slumped back yeah. against the wall, like mouth open. She got shot back. Can't eyes. Back. Like, usually Claire can, I mean, bring it, right? Like, right. if someone, even even during the witch trial, when she was being like whipped and, and Larry came up to her and said, um, I'll dance on your ashes, Claire like muttered something or gave her a look. But in this case, she was so right. caught off guard. She said, Nothing, and then finally Jamie managed to get all three yeah. family me- of his family members out of the room. Well, I mean, you can you can you can insult you can hurt Claire's back all you want, but Claire's ego is different. Yeah, and she was really caught off guard. Claire could not have imagined that Jamie had not waited for her faithfully for the past twenty years. No, it's not long. that. It is absolutely not that. It mm. is that it, it is, is that this is someone who tried to have her killed. Like I think. Out of everything, yeah. it was that was the big. There's a bit of betrayal there too. Right. So uh, Jamie has a one-on-one with Joni, the little girl, and she's absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. Little Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yeah, and I thought it was a really nice sort of. It was a short scene, but it was nice to have a scene between the two of them because it shows you Jamie is not heartless. He does have a relationship with these girls. He mm-hmm. does care about them. And then he goes back to the room. Yeah. And he and Claire have a fight. They really do. They do. Um, and and she says, you told me about your son. Why didn't you tell me about this? And he says, because I'm a coward. I wanted you. And then he points at her and he said, even though you left me. Yeah. What? Jamie? That was a dick move. Well, and coming from you, that's interesting because you're always like, and then Claire decided to leave. But if you watch that scene, no, he is literally no, he, pushing he, her he... towards the stone. Yeah. So for him to throw that at her now and say... Yeah, there's a little... Well, even though you left me. Oh, and sorry, I'm skipping the first bit where he does explain, they're not my children. Mm-hmm. We've only been married for two years. Those kids are from different marriages. She's a twice widower, and I right. married her, and it's just been a huge fail. We haven't right. lived together. Um, so we learned that they're his stepchildren, not yeah. his actual children. And, and Claire says, oh, and this was another one of my favorite lines of the episode, when she says, even the little red-haired... Girl and Jamie actually rolls his eyes and right. says, "Yeah, I'm not the only redhead in Scotland." He's like, Claire. "Well, there are other men with red hair in Scotland." Yeah. It's just like an awesome line, and normally Jamie doesn't. Right, he's not really quick witted. He's not. not like, but he's not like a funny man. But that was funny of right, him too. Yeah. yeah. And then he he starts sort of forcing himself on Claire, which is confusing. Like but a weird and the like, music. Yeah, it was like a was like no, fun, but rapey, that's rape weird. and yeah. forceful aggression. But you're playing music. Yeah, there was like, like this jig underneath it. It was <laughs> it was almost like, like the, my interpretation of this is that the source material they had to show but they were like super uncomfortable with it. So they thought, what if we put some super fun music under this pseudo rape scene? Well, and you know what's interesting is um, Ronald D. Moore mm-hmm. used to do the podcasts for Outlander, which I loved oh so much. And right. when they... In- Ron, you're always welcome here. We love you so much. Um, when they did the... In the first season where they have that scene where Jamie hits Claire with a belt and he basically beats her. Yeah. 
they, I guess, I don't know if you remember the music from... No, I don't. But it was the same kind of like fun, jiggy right. music. And it was really confusing. And you called it out when we were watching it during first season. You were like, what is this music? Because he's chasing her with a belt, but they're playing right. music. And I guess originally they didn't have that music. And they did test screens. And Ronald D. Moore learned that it was really upsetting for female viewers right. to watch the scene like it just seemed too like disturbing it should be. right yeah absolutely so and he's like oh i don't want them to be scared of jamie i want them to understand like it's a different time and it's fun and it's so he changed the music and i'm wondering if this scene when they when they acted it out and sam hewen is like throwing her all over the place and essentially <laughs> raping yeah. her they were like Mm, this doesn't seem... Right. That's assault, brother. That's assault. <laughs> if we put this fun music, though, yeah. it seems... It's just right. Really fun. That's right. Well, you missed the mark there, boys. But whatever. And girls. <laughs> so Jenny comes Jenny comes in and throws... Yeah, well, then they make up and they start... Claire, well, then Claire gets, Claire into, gets it. into it. Right. Because right, she can't resist Jamie even when he's rapey. So, and then, uh, yeah, Jenny comes in and just douses him with water right. and basically tells him to shut the hell up. The world uh, does not revolve around you. Right. Claire goes downstairs and she learns from young Janet um, that she was the one that told Larry that uh, Claire was at Lollybrock and she said because Jenny told her to. Right. Yeah, at first she's like, I called her. Why? Because Jenny told me Because to. my mom told me to. Right. Did, is there only six names in Scotland? What? Why is it Oldie and Youngie and Old That's Janet, Young if you Janet? Look, it's, if you look at like my family tree, uh-huh. they just kept naming, they kept using the same names, and it's actually a sign of a very close, loving family. Because mm-hmm. if you love someone, you want to honor them with your name. So it just means that they're okay. close. They're all close. That's fair. Um, so Jenny comes around, and Janet leaves, and Claire basically calls her out. She's like, "You told." Larry that we that I was here and like how could you do that you know we're family and I I missed you and I wanted to come back to be with you and Jenny turns around another one of my favorite lines and says hmm family writes letters to let each other know that they're alive right yeah which is such a good point because even if Claire was in the colonies and I know it's in the olden days like in the 1700s but they did have a pen and paper and she certainly knew Lollybrock's address so even if she thought that Jamie had not survived Culloden she knew that Jenny had survived and so she could have reached out yeah and then Jenny drops my favorite truth bomb of the whole episode I don't know if I can or even want to put my trust in you again when a horse breaks its leg you put it out of its misery because it'll never heal right Neither will we. And this is basically her just calling out Claire's general insensitivity to the feelings of others. Basically saying, you know, you've you've ripped this family apart and... Uh, almost killed my brother. Almost killed my brother and, you know, th- that stuff just doesn't go away. You don't just show up and smile and, and it's, it's here to stay. Yeah. Um, also to note, she's carrying up a, a big bucket of water because she's on her way to clean up the mess that... Claire and Jamie just made upstairs because right. then when she gets up there, she's cleaning everything up and Ian comes in. Yeah, why is she cleaning it up? Why the hell are Claire and well, Jamie cleaning up that Because Jamie stormed out to the stables All right. and Claire is sleeping in the guest room, which if she was that worried about becoming family again, she might be like, Jenny, I'm so sorry. Like, let's go let's, clean that up. Right. That being said, it wasn't her that, like, I don't even know what he did when he pushed that, yeah, his arm back. Anyways, Ian walks in, old Ian. And we learn that he's actually, um, he kind of is supporting Claire's return. Because he says, you know, you always want Jamie to be happy. Take a look around. Like, I know it's not ideal, but 
like Claire is back and I'm pretty sure he's into her. So Yeah, Ian's Ian's a good guy. He is a good guy. Old Ian. Young Ian is too. So the next morning, Claire is walking out of Lallybrock with her bat suit. She's got her bat carrying suit back on. her bag, stomping out, and Jamie is standing in the archway of Lallybrock. And you said, um, sometimes Jamie just looks so filthy. Yeah, he looks dirty. Well, he, he just slept looks in the stables that night, and he was haggard. He was yeah. exhausted. He just looks. I don't know what it is about Sam Hewen, but if it's his manky hair or what, but sometimes he just looks filthy well and he wears that white blouse yeah, puffy that, blouse under yeah. his is it supposed to be off-white or is it just disgusting it's dirty he slept in the stables right. well, but i've like You've never slept well, i've never slept in a stable i don't know what i was going to say there but i guarantee <laughs> if i did sleep in a stable i'd be way cleaner than that anyway um so she is on her way out he stops her and um you know he's saying really sweet things like you're the only one i've ever loved mm, blah, blah, blah. interrupted by Larry, who with then, a gun, with a big ass gun, with a pistol. That's not a pistol. That's a big ass gun. Big ass gun, and she, I'm pretty sure, accidentally shoots him because she was right in the middle of complaining right. about how unfair it was. Yeah, she like pulp fiction him in the back seat. Yeah, she, right. <clears throat> and and then Claire just goes up and pushes her over, and she runs away, never right. to be seen again. Possibly. Hopefully. And I do have, I mean, people, especially Outlander fans, absolutely abhor this character. Larry? Yeah, but I do have some sympathy for her. You do. Every time she comes on screen, you actually, you have a special place in your heart for Larry. Because I believe... She was the real first wife. Well, she was the first girlfriend. Right. Ooh, well, that's risky. Well, they were making out. They were making out in Castle Leoc. Right. He protected her from getting beaten in front of a group of people. No, Jamie for sure has a soft spot in his heart for Larry and always has. Totally, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, obviously. He married her for... Right, so they go back inside, and the whole family all gathers around as Jamie's limping. And Jamie, I actually liked this character beat where he he's like, it doesn't matter, it's just another scratch among... Like, he knows his body is basically totally mutilated because everyone's rushing, and he's like, just leave it. He's chugging the whiskey and acting super tough guy, and everyone's like, who did this? And Claire turns around, and she's like... Larry, and she's just so happy that she can be like all of you, all of y'all were all so that's right. so upset that I came back because of his oh amazing second wife, and guess who just shot him in the shoulder? That's right. And then everyone just falls in line. Everyone yeah. just like, and then it's she's all like, you just do team this, Claire. you do this, right. you do this, and everything's back to normal. Claire takes over and throws him on the table and does a little surgery. I like where Young Ian's like, oh, that's a that's a fancy knife you have there, Auntie. Oh. And he calls, I like how he calls her auntie now. I know. Auntie. Well, and do you, did you notice that Claire actually says you're the only one who calls me that? I did notice, yeah. Because, because all the, nobody else knows no, her. Yeah, and exactly. for whatever reason, young Ian like really bonded with her yeah. right away. And I think he respects her and he's seen her do cool things. And right. he, she's part well, of the life that he wanted to be part of, right? he in also, sorry. No, go ahead. He also uh, holds Fergus in high regard and Fergus holds Claire in high regard. So if you're good in Fergus's books... You're good in Young Ian's books. That's a really good point. Thank That's you. a very good point. So um, she's removing all the pellets, and then apparently she feels like it was successful, and then the next scene is we've got Jamie on a couch, and he says he needs more whiskey. And she says, uh, no, you can have liquids only. And he says, whiskey is a liquid, no? And she says no. No, and she says no. 
And then um, he tells her the story of how he reconnected with Larry. Mm-hmm. A festive flashback. And I love this. There's Couldn't a hate sweet flashback of Jamie meeting Larry's children, including the adorable redhead Joni, who even you said, that's a cute kid. She goes up and says, do you like figs? Like, and just with this huge grin on her face. Yeah. And Marsali. And... Um, then they ask him if he wants to dance and then there's just this really sweet moment of him dancing with these two girls and you can see Jenny in the sidelines and she's just like beaming from ear to ear because her brother is acting like a normal right. human being. Mm-hmm. So this is after Ardsmere, this is after Hellwater mm-hmm. when he's like, so it's been years and years and years. Yeah. So I, I thought this scene stuck out like a sore thumb. I thought it was, I just... It just seemed really in a really weird spot in the episode. I understand that he's, he's telling, telling the story. The story. I know, but it just, it seemed really, like they could have done this so much better. Uh, how in such how a so? Clever way. Well, thank you for asking. Yeah. If I would have, here's what I would have done. Yeah. If I, if I would have been making this show. Right. I would have, I would have led with this scene. I would have had a cold open and it would have started with this scene. That would have been confusing to people because well, that's would you have given a year or something like a no? You come in, you obviously know this is a, this is a bit of you would have maybe written it a little bit differently to know you're in a different time. Obviously, they're not celebrating Christmas randomly, or, or maybe you do think they confuse it, and then you would see, you know, Larry, and then it would cut to them coming into Lollybrock or or something like you would, or maybe they could have put this scene right as he was telling Claire, trying to tell him the first time, and then. You know, they they basically cut out, and then Larry storms in the room or something like that. I just felt like all this inform- this was just too late. And by this point, I've seen Larry, I've seen the fight. I've just I couldn't care. She's gone. I don't care at this right. point. It's gone. Like I don't care. We've already met the kids. He's talked to the kids. It's like I don't care. Get it's the story's done. Well, so and to me, I liked it because it was an ex- it was a really good explanation as to. Like, this is how he fell for her. And then he looks over. It was a good explanation. And Leary is there, and she looks over and smiles at him. And I thought, she looks so pretty. And how nice that must have been for him in a sea of unfamiliar faces where he felt totally not even at home in his own home to look over and see someone from the old days. Like, Leary was around during, like, Dougal and Angus and all of the people and right. Rupert, all of his buddies. To me, Leary. Castle Leoc. And what you said. What I say? Because like, she looked over and she smiles at him. And it's like, to me, that would be like a comfort of home. And you said, something about Leary just always looks super desperate. Yeah, she looks super sad and desperate. She just, oh my, maybe it's just when she's looking at Jamie, but she just has this like, just sad desperation on Please her face Please love at me all again, times. Yeah, is what she looks like. She's like a, she looks like a kicked puppy dog. Always, she always has in this show. Well, and by the in that scene, she's supposed to, right? She's had two horrible marriages. She's definitely a kick puppy dog at this point, but yeah, that's always the look on her face. Maybe that's just that actress's resting face. I don't know, but that's what she always looks like. That poor uh, actress. That poor... She gets such hatred from huge Outlander fans, right. and also from and, Joe. Yeah, all sides. She's getting <laughs> from all sides. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I, I just thought this was just a poorly placed scene. By this time in the episode, I just couldn't give a crap about. The Larry storyline, it's over. Well, and that it, that was the conclusion of it. So right. that's how they met. That's what happened. That's it. So then we have Claire uh, feeling Jamie, and she's like, you're burning up. And she gives him penicillin, which I love the fact that we'd kind of known that she was carrying it. She's waiting for a right time. And I was worried she was going to use her penicillin 
on that guy that tried to rape her and yeah. then she drilled a hole in his head. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that she actually used it on Jamie. Yeah. And then Claire and Jenny sit on the front steps of Lollybrock and have a real heart to heart. Yeah, and I thought Jenny, or sorry, I thought Claire was going to tell her the truth here. I th- well, I think Claire wants to, but she she didn't. She, she carried didn't. on with the lie. She had it was sort of a like an extended. Did she? T- oh no, am I getting confused? Maybe she's already told the lie. At this she's point. already told the lie. Yeah, she but did. she basically said, "I came back because I wanted to see you. Like I love you too, Jenny." Right. Because it was Claire that pushed for Lollybrock. Jamie didn't want to go. Yeah, Claire loves Lollybrock. Yeah. Like one of the saddest scenes in season two was when she went back. And she was this older woman, and 20 years had passed, and she's sitting on the steps of Lollybrock. Didn't you hear all the voices? Claire loves Lollybrock. And Jenny says to her, you were a sister to me. But she won't even look at her when she says it. And Katrina Balfe plays this moment so perfectly. Like, I don't know if you remember, but, like, her lip starts kind of shaking, and Mm -hmm. she feels what Jenny says, and it's significant. Like, it means something to Claire. It's actually interesting, you know, because there are... I don't even know that there is anyone in this show that Claire actually seeks their approval. Like, not even Jamie. Like, Jenny is the only character that, for some reason, J- uh, Claire is seeking her approval. And, and if she doesn't get it, is is upset. No one else. Didn't give a shit about Frank. D- doesn't doesn't she care. She cares about Jamie's uh, approval, because remember, that's why she was so uh, self-conscious yeah, about her appearance. Well, in a way, and... but not, not in that kind of not on that kind of level, you know? Like, like you know, she really... It's almost like a... You know, like a parental approval kind well, and of thing. That actually is a is a good lead to what I was going to say because something that's um, not as well developed in the show is that Claire is essentially an orphan, right? She doesn't have a family. She doesn't have a home. Right. She was raised by an uncle who yeah. has since passed, and this. Frank was her only family until she met Jamie, and then he brought her home to Lollybrock. So Claire had never really had a home before Lollybrock because she married Frank. And then they were separated during the war, so she lived all over Europe in different places. And then when the war was over, they reconnected in Scotland for their second honeymoon, and she fell back in time and met Jamie. So when Jamie brought her home to Lallybrock, that, like, to her was mm-hmm. home. That's interesting. And there's, um, even in the pilot episode of Outlander, which I don't know if you remember, but I've watched Take a number look. of times, there's that scene where Claire is is in Scotland on her second honeymoon with Frank and she's staring at a vase through a window and she says I I was wondering if I should buy the vase but she doesn't because she doesn't have a home to put the vase in right like the vase would represent stability and roots and she doesn't have that but anyways my whole point is that Lollybrock, Jamie, Jenny, Ian and their children were Claire's family so it makes sense that she really wants the connection back with Jenny. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like she, if only she had had like a daughter that she could have just lived her life with and maybe like a handsome young fiance that that daughter, I mean, it's weird. Anyway. Well, we'll see what happens. Who knows what's going to happen in this television show. We'll see what happens. So, Jenny and Claire sort of reconnect. There's certainly no hugging or hand-holding, but Jenny says, you were a sister to me, and Claire says, I loved you too, Jenny, and I want another Mm -hmm. chance. So Mm -hmm. you know they're going to reconcile. Next scene... Big moment for me. You see an old man walking down the hall of Lollybrock and... Ned Gowan. Ned Gowan, who looks 20 years Ned older. Ned Gowan looks old. I mean, it was... The guy who plays Ned Gowan wasn't exactly a Bill spring Patterson. chicken. yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. And Ned looks old. Well, and there's even... Actually, when Jamie mentions him in, earlier in the episode, Claire says, Ned Gowan is still alive? 
which would have been a nice touch, and maybe right. we'll get something like that from Murta later. Maybe. So, uh, and it's a nice reconnection for Claire and Ned Gowan. He says, you're a, you're a feast for these old eyes, and he even gets a little bit emotional. Right. Then he goes into a different room, and there's the business of he becomes their lawyer. And he gets all business all the time. Yeah, and says, uh, Leary needs money, and uh, she wants this much. Yeah, and which is a lot. It is a lot. She wants a ton of money. And next scene, Jamie's explaining it to Jenny and Ian. It's 20 pounds a year plus 10 pounds. Or no, no, no 20 pounds. Straight up and then 10 pounds a year, which right. is an obscene amount of money at that point. Right, because both Jenny and Ian are overwhelmed. Cause right. How are you possibly going to pay for this? This is impossible. And Jamie says, actually. I just happen to have found a treasure. I know a treasure. I, in 16 years, I haven't bothered to collect. I need to swim to it. But my arm, and of course, young Ian pops his head in and says, I'm a great swimmer. I can do it. Right. So this is where the episode went from boring to stupid. Um, yeah, no, I strongly disagree. Megan strongly disagrees. Because I love is... the episode up to this point. And to me, this is when the episode goes from strong character development and good plot to exciting twist and adventure. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as stupid. Disagree. Mm-hmm. So... We learn that they want to get the treasure and then go to France. Right. And they want to take young Ian with them. Right. And Jenny says, I should probably give him his freedom while he still thinks it's mine to give. You can take him. And they end with Jenny and Ian making Claire and Jamie promise to take very, very, very good care of young Ian. Have you learned nothing? And and they promise. Right. Cut to a scene where Jamie and Claire are on a cliff watching young Ian swimming in the freezing cold water. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Well, then comes my uh, least favorite scene of, of the episode, which okay. is when Claire says, I'm just not sure if we belong together anymore. Oh, right. I forgot about this. Right. Where Claire suddenly has a weird-ass change of heart in the middle of their stupid adventure. And she says, and this is what I thought was so bizarre. She said, you know, I had a career, a home and friends yeah also Brianna you also had a daughter yeah I noticed that too where she didn't happen to mention her daughter who she dropped like a hot potato and walked away from to travel back through time Claire is just the most it was weird it was it was bizarre well no she she just she forgot that part Jamie says you belong with me and we're mated for life which Mm -hmm. is really sweet Claire looks over his shoulder sees an old-fashioned pirate ship. Right. Well, I guess it's old-fashioned because we are in the 1700s. It's probably quite modern. The pirates time. come. They take young Ian. They put him on their boat. Mm-hmm. Jamie and Claire run down. There's a great drone shot that you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Nice finished fin- fin- on a beautiful drone shot pulling away from the best best part of the episode. Nice drone shot pulling away from the shore. And we just watched that to boat. Black. No, we watched that boat going Sail away. Sorry, Sail didn't get away. Yeah. And then, I thought to myself. What do you think? The TV series has done something that the book was unable to do. Jump the shark? No. It's not jumping the shark if it's based on a book and it's following the same Just checking. the same storyline. It's made me attached to young Ian. I like young Ian. I care about him. And in the book, this part always bugs me because they're so upset and they, oh my god, we have to go save young Ian. And I'm like, but I don't care about young Ian. And I always wondered why, like, why isn't it Fergus? Like, make it some kid that we're attached to or that we care about or like. But... In the TV series, over the last three episodes, I have become attached to Young Ian. They've sold us Young Ian hard, and I've bought. You know, like, and I buy the relationship between Claire and Young Ian, and Jamie and Young Ian, and so... 
Yeah, it ended with that note of, oh my god, we've lost Young Ian. Right. Now, cut to black. Cut to black. Blissfully. So, let's talk about why this is dumb. Uh, so, let's start back to the, I found the treasure. So, Jamie has just let this treasure sit there for 16 years. And instead of going and getting it and living well with his family and treating them well, he has decided to instead become an illegal printer in Edinburgh. That makes no sense. That's just dumb. He would have gotten the treasure a whole long time ago and done something with it instead of just leaving it behind, or at the very least would have retrieved it and maybe put it somewhere safe. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have just left mm-hmm. it behind a rock we thought it in was the middle safe of an there, island. Though. Nobody well, knows but him. I know. Well, obviously not. And that's just dumb. So then sending Ian, young Ian to go get it, also dumb, but that's fine. Why was that part dumb? I don't know. You're going to send a 16-year-old across a freezing cold channel. They're to... watching him with the micro... Okay, with well, the here, how is young Ian, who is 16 and at best scrawny, going to take a heavy metal chest and swim across a freezing cold lock with it? He's not. He's going to sink to the bottom. That's what happens when you try and carry. No, uh, no. And it wasn't a huge chest. It was the size of a lunch pail. He was going to have to do one-arm swimming or some backstrokes. Right. Joe, you don't know if he would have been able to swim or not. And you don't know if you would be able to do it. I would You might be able to. I I maybe, but I I wouldn't bet on it. Anyway, and then the third dumb thing that happened was that conveniently a giant pirate ship rolled up just at the precise... This treasure... I'm sorry. This treasure chest has been there for... 16 years and this precise second is when a giant pirate ship decides to roll up and just happens to capture young Ian as he is coming down the hill with the treasure chest. Well, you say conveniently, but that's actually very inconvenient. And also, how do you know they haven't been there before and have been taking small pieces of jewels out one at a time? Why would they? You don't know. It's not a layaway plan. They're pirates. They would have taken the whole thing. It's not, they're not buying a sled for their child nickel by nickel. That's, no, it's just... It's it's, tricky timing, for sure. It's stupid. It's just plain, it's it's just a bucket of stupid. It's, it is the dumbest thing this show's done. Yeah, Megan's giving me the tone it down, but no, this is wicked dumb. So, anyway... That's, uh, that's all I have to say, but just the whole back half of this is just ridiculous. Okay, so I was going to ask what your least favorite scene is, but that is it right there? It's hard to decide because the first half of this, uh, the first half, no, third quarters of the episode was just boring. Couldn't have been more boring. Like, it's just boring. God-awfully boring. And then it just turned, turned around and just got stupid. So it was like, which do I pick, boring or stupid? It's hard to say. I'm going to pick boring, because at least the boring was consistent. And I know I'm being hard on this episode, but it deserves it. I'm going to pick the stupid. The whole last third of this episode was just too dumb. So your least favorite scene then was when the pirates come at the same time as Young Ian is on the island. Let's call it that, yes. Okay, so my least favorite scene was when Clara says, it's been so hard since she's come back, because like it's always hard, right? Look at the first year of Clara and Jamie's relationship. Not amazing. Always ups and downs. What was your favorite scene? Uh, you know what? I think it was probably Claire and Jenny in front of the hearth where, you know, my favorite line came from where she basically just calls her out for being insensitive. I just, uh, th- that actress is great. And, and she, like I said before, you know, she has excellent stage pre- or stage presence, screen presence. Yeah, and, um, I'm sure she has great stage presence probably as well. Yeah, so uh, she was she was by far the strongest part of this episode. So. Oh, okay. So that was your favorite scene, and it sounds like she was your MVP. She was. Jenny was the MVP of this episode easily, hands down. Okay. And who was your MVP? Jenny. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's good. Knocked out of the park. And my favorite scene is the Christmas time flashback. Really? Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, good. Loin points. Go ahead. I need to think. 98. 98? I really like this Is this, this your episode. highest episode no, ever? No, I think I gave the episode where Claire returns. I think I gave it 100, didn't I? Did I, you give it 100? I, I, I love, love, love that episode. So like this is, I could watch this episode over and over and over. Will, I thought probably. it was a fantastic episode. Really? Um, I'm going to give this a 14? 14? Okay. I'm give it a 14 because I've, I've learned my lesson about rating it too, like numerically right. low because I think from now on if you um, give it a low rating you're going to have to sit down and watch an hour and a half of A. Malcolm yeah because that A. Malcolm really <laughs> taught me a lesson about rate. it was one of those things where because I think to myself this is as low as it can go and then right. they fool me and then I have nowhere else to go until was, we get into like negative points yeah, so, that was a tough episode though I don't think that we'll get there again I really don't I don't know we need especially because so we'll, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on now. we'll see what's about to happen it's about to take a turn okay so 14 14, 14. great well well that's a wrap yeah that was a wrap so thanks for tuning in this week to Loinlander thanks for listening have a great night bye Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast. Are we going to do a mic check? Mic check! This is Megan's side of the microphone. This is Joe's side of the microphone. Let's take a listen. Let's take a listen. Get